This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming, but New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance, run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. You sound really far away. Hello! Welcome to Go My Favorite Sports Team, the sports podcast that gives you all of the knowledge and none of that you don't know. That didn't make a lot of sense, but I don't make sense here. I am not the one that makes sense. The one that makes sense is the one across from me, Tyler Scheid. Yes, that is my name. You are Mark. I have studied sports in my life. I have a master's degree in it, and this week... We are catching you up after our major charity live stream with St. Jude doing a fantasy football draft. I'm going to be teaching Mark how fantasy football works as well as you so you can follow along to see how well we do. I think there's favoritism. Why? I think there's football favoritism. Because people pick favorite players? No, I think there's football favoritism on this podcast because we've already done a football primer and yet here we are doing fantasy football. Why? Okay, the reason I'm doing fantasy football, it's the gateway for a lot of people to become fans of football. Mm. It has become a major, major industry since it became hugely adopted with the advent of the internet the internet's ability to track stats and it has exploded in popularity cbs sports who we worked with on the um fantasy draft for saint jude they created their fantasy football league their online platform in 1997 that's not that long ago all of these sports that we have today that we play have existed for tons and tons of years Mm -hmm. some hundreds some thousands some like 50 years yes but it has become a major industry in the world. Mm-hmm. Fantasy football for American football, fantasy baseball, fantasy golf, like fantasy sports in general has been an advent and a new avenue within sports within recent times. So this era. isn't just fantasy football. This gonna, is fantasy sports in general. We're going to focus on fantasy football right now, but we are going to talk about the advent and the invention of fantasy sports uh-huh. before we talk about football so like elves no what no like tolkien no no this right. no this it's not warhammer 40k blood bowl it's 
fantasy as in you get to pretend to be an owner of a team and pick your lineup every week. What's the difference between that and Madden? The difference between that and Madden is Madden you actually simulate and play the games uh, with your controller. This one you have players and you just track their stats and get points based on their stats and performance. So it's for nerds. It is. It's for nerds. And and honestly it's great for statisticians people who like math. Who do we know that's a statistician? Mandy. I'm going to call Mandy up right now. If Mandy doesn't like fantasy football then you are a fraud hold on hi mandy hello how's the baby baking oh that's great you're a status person right a stat person (laughs) a status hey i'm on the phone excuse you i won't rudely interrupt yes i like stats uh what do you think of fantasy football is tyler playing favorites again for football yeah it's happening again he's really into football fucking nerd Anyway, it's dumb and I hate it. Thanks. That's all I needed to hear. Click. Beep. Ignore that it was on Evan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you have it. Mandy, uh, who has a PhD in statistics, hates football and called you a nerd. I like how you're inserting Mandy in this conversation when you didn't actually call Mandy. I could call Mandy right now. If I, I could call to. Mandy. I'm not going to bother Mandy. Yeah, Mandy's, Mandy's uh, dealing She's with busy. baking a baby. She's busy. She's busy. Very busy. Cooking up a but baby. Fantasy football is a way for people who don't understand football to start paying attention to it. Okay. It's a gateway. Isn't this podcast a gateway? It is. So wouldn't it be advantageous for us to use the gateways that are already there in some capacity to enhance the gateway that is our platform? Now, I will say one thing. It did seem like fun, seem like fun, when I was there uh, on Sunday. Was it Sunday? Yeah, it was Sunday. Sunday. But here's the thing. That is not a gateway. I will tell you straight up. (laughs) Fantasy football is not a gateway into getting into the sport. You have to know so much. You do. Because it's it's like it is the cart before the horse, definitely. Because just me trying to make choices, and then the people on the call that were like, "Do you regret your decision?" I'm like, "No, I don't," because I have no I have no clue what I'm doing. So, so I would disagree with the idea that it's a gateway. It's a gateway in the sense of if you are with people and have a general understanding of the team, because that that's the biggest part is you didn't understand is the lineup that you had to work with. Mm-hmm. I think if you understood the lineup, yeah, and then picked random players, it would have made more sense. Uh-huh. Okay. And then you would have had a more balanced team and wouldn't have people being like, oh, you're picking that. <laughs> well, all my choices were genius, and everyone knows. Honestly, I, uh, I, I, I own the Bills and the 49ers, so I'm pretty happy with my choices. <laughs> Um, but but it is a thing. It was like I won't render judgment throughout this episode at the end of it because it does feel like fantasy sports are a very end stage level of being a fan of a sport. It is the very end of it. You already are involved with it. You already know the sport, and you already at the part where you are chatting with other people that are fans of the sport because you want something more out of it than the baseline experience that the sport gives you. And therefore, that is literally like a deeper level. If you were in any other fandom, like a book fan or a, or some other club fan or like any. Any kind of fan of anything, a movie, a TV show, the end result is when you start pursuing conversations with other people and other activities outside of it. Say Harry Potter quizzes, you know, it's like that level. You're not, you don't do a Harry Potter quiz unless you're looking to make a fool out of yourself or you know a lot about Harry Potter. Right. Right. So, but I will keep my ears open and I will be ready and uh, willing to uh, learn about the world of fantasy sports. All right. Perfect. I appreciate that you're, you have that willingness to learn. I will. I always do. All right. But first, we must be possessed. Taylor. Yes. 
Yes, you have been a very bad boy. Oh? You have been accused by someone by the name of Sour Kitty. You have nothing to say for yourself. I mean, I'm, I don't know what I'm being jacuzzed okay, of. Okay, jacuzzed. I work in a mall where I and my coworkers rotate from a few different stores, one of which is a sports team store. Before, I just nodded along to the random guys rambling about sports, but now I have kind of an idea of what they're talking about. And now, it's getting me hit on puke face emoji. As a femme-presenting person in a sports store, I guess it just makes sense to them for me to not know what the hell they're on about to begin with. But when I actually started having things to contribute to the conversation, they've gotten very excited and flirty and pushy. Apparently, this is common with my other femme-presenting co-workers. What is it with male sports likers? Thanks for the sports knowledge, you two. Just kidding, of course. I love you both, and I love this podcast so much. What do you have to say for yourself? I'm glad you're making connections with other people about sports and being able to understand what they're saying because that's kind of the point of the podcast. I'm sorry that you might get unwanted attention from somebody you may not have an attraction with, but I have no control over that. I have just allowed you to be able to communicate within a section of culture that you hadn't been able to before. Right. And I'm glad that you enjoyed the podcast and thank you for listening. All right. You navigated that well. I'll leave it up to the ghost to see. Now, what do you have to say about this? I'm showing him a picture of something. Tyler, who's about to slam a whole encyclopedia of how to build an entire tennis court to his friend. I can't read what Mark's saying. It says, Mark, just want to know how to play and have a good time. <laughs> However, I will say people did think that you were the most comprehensive in that tennis one of most of the primers. You've started to really hone in your skill on uh, the primer ability. I've been really trying to give my full attention to each sport as I present it mm -hmm. moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, I've been dedicating more of my time to mm -hmm. prep work. Okay. And that's good. That is good. However... It hasn't always been perfect, and we know. And we're, we're well, I say we as Tyler. I'm, I'm not doing anything. But uh, there's one person, Lanky the Danky, mm -hmm. who said, listening to Tyler talk about motorsport is like listening to Mark talk about football. It's actually painful. Tyler skips over stuff, gets a few things wrong, and it, but it has not happened to me yet till the motorsports primer. I have been a fan of all types of racing literally since being expelled from the womb, which I doubt, you know, I, yeah. I don't think you'd be a four yeah. right out of the womb. That's a bit like, and I just have to scream it out to the world. I know he doesn't watch them, but listening to him get painfully close to the truth, but miss things that are very important. Listening to him use technical talk too just makes me want to scream. I just wish sometimes I could make a real time correction to the episode. LOL. No shame to Tyler. He's not omnipotent. I understand, but I struggle to listen to things I know so well described incorrectly and I get sad. I, I mean, I know of two particular things that I misspoke on and one that I didn't want to get into the rabbit hole of explaining to you, but I apologize for hurting you so deeply. Mm. I didn't know that motor oil ran through your veins and pistons were in your heart pumping exhaust out your... You know what? Yes, yes. it, say it, say yeah. it. Out your ass. <laughs> Just a little like, a hiccup in you. Out your ass. <laughs> Say it confidently. Out your ass. Out your ass. So what is out his ass? Exhaust. Exhaust. That's because he's a motorhead. Yes. Yes. Are you a motorhead? I'm not. Yeah. It's okay. I apologize. But growing up, I always thought motorsports weren't really a sport, so I'm not even going to get Oh, shit. We're all the ghost. I said growing up, I thought that I don't anymore. All right. Fair enough. That's fair. The ghosts are gone. They've been expunged. Perfect. Perfect.
This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You know, all those subscription websites, they just hide those charges from you. They're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them. Oh, I know exactly which websites you're talking about. The ones that you like to go to. You do? I've literally spent so long digging through my finances. Rocket Money can help cancel your subscriptions. You're saying Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow grow your savings? Absolutely, yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%? Maybe. But for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sportsteam. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-A-M. That's rocketmoney.com slash sports team okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Mark. Yes. How big do you think fantasy football is? Probably real big, like girthy. Like about, I'm holding my hands out. About this big? Say this big. 30 to $40 billion industry. Why? Just fantasy football. How, what, wait, (laughs) what's the industry of football? How much money? How much money is just football? Yeah. Well, I mean, just the Dallas Cowboys are worth $7.64 billion. Just the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, so the NFL itself has 32 teams. The average of each team is $4 billion, so 32 times 4 is $128 billion. Wait, say that uh, again? Yeah. Wait, say, you just said yeah again. You didn't say uh, it again. 4.14 times 32, because mm-hmm. that's just the average NFL team worth. Uh-huh. Would make it a $128 billion industry. That's so much money. That's so much money. That's so much money. Why? Yeah. In the US in 2018, the NFL revenue wise was $18 billion. That's just revenue. Uh, okay. That's kind of crazy. I'm trying to find something that's a comparison in terms of like amount of money in an industry to say just fantasy football is like 30 million, 30 billion. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one second, one second, one second. I'm trying to find stuff, too. It's hard to get, like, a data in a good table. For Why us. is it not a... Wow. This is a lot harder to find than I thought it would be. Oh, yeah, me too. That's not the full list. Fuck you! Okay, so the digital and advertising and marketing market in the U.S. This is everything that's advertising and marketing yeah. is $155 billion. In all of advertising. Yeah, it says the digital advertising and marketing market in the U.S. is estimated at $155 billion in 2021. 
global marketing industry is 1.7 trillion, according to Forbes. Okay, so 30 billion a year. That's a lot of money. You could buy a lot of things with $30 billion. What is generating that revenue in fantasy football alone? Well, primarily, to be completely honest, it is gambling. Boo! Boo! Boo gambling! Boo! I agree with you. Okay. But I also will say that it is not always the case. The majority of it is gambling. Okay. But it, a lot of it is going to be marketing. A lot of it is going to be the ability to set up your own leagues mm -hmm. and different capabilities on the internet like CBS Sports or ESPN. Like there's so many different platforms that have that, mm -hmm. but then sell ad space. Okay. Because the majority of gambling that takes place in fantasy football outside of like things like FanDuel or DraftKings or these big gambling corporations mm -hmm. that have come around within the last decade, those things started to come out, mm -hmm. was just You'd get a group of friends together. You'd set up your accounts on a website like CBS Sports, mm -hmm. and you would have a draft, and you would have your own wagers. A lot of them don't have to be financial value, but it's just one of those things that you win or you lose, and the loser has to do some sort of punishment, or the winner gets like a little trophy that is iconic to your friend group. Okay. And that's why that industry is like so big. Okay. All right. For the friend group trophy winning? I mean- Everything. How many people do fantasy football? Over 40 million individuals residing in the United States played fantasy football in 2021. Okay. Interesting. 40 million. That's quite a lot. That's quite a lot. Yeah, I can't deny that. That's a lot of people. Including Canada in 2017, there were 59.3 million playing fantasy sports in the U.S. and Canada. Fantasy sports in general? In general. Okay. So if you're, you're looking at that number... And the 2021 number, I would think that the majority then would be fantasy football. Probably, yeah. So that's the main one. Now, fantasy sports in general. Let's get into the history of fantasy sports. Okay. How they came about, the sure. origin. That's act one. I'm ready. So the first fantasy sport that actually came about was golf. Golf. Yes. Why golf? It was the simplest to keep track of because statistically all they had to do was pay attention to the score during a tournament of over and under par, mm -hmm. right? Okay. So it started out as something before the internet, mm -hmm. which is why it was so much more complicated and so much more difficult to do. So golf was the simplest terms. Okay. And so what they did, they would draft a set of players, whoever they thought would perform well. So they'd, there'd be like a group of four guys and they'd go through and they'd be like, oh, duh, Phil Mickelson, who's a golfer. Mm -hmm. I'll pick Tiger Woods, you know, and they'll go down the line and they pick their players. And then at the end of the tournament, they would compare the scores on their sheet with the combined players that they have and whoever had the lowest score would win. Mm -hmm. okay. And it was a way for them to have fun while watching golf. Okay. And to be able to have because stakes Because the golf in itself it. was too boring. They couldn't stand to watch people just like hit a ball once every five minutes and then walk over to the ball. They had to come up with something to tide the time over, right? Am I right? Am I right, Tyler? I mean, some people like golf. I find it to be a, a snoozer to watch on TV, <laughs> but playing golf and actually being on the course, wow. different story. Ah, uh, okay, I see. Because it's really it's really a nice time. And is we it? are actually going to have a golf primer here soon. Okay, all right. And I'm sure every golf fan out there is super prepped and ready for to that one. To accuse me. Is yeah, that to accuse you. Wow, wow. You would prep them. I'm not prepping them. You just prepped them. You're right, I did prep them. You prepped them. I didn't prep nothing. I did. I never, I never prepped I anything. So, it was in the 1950s. Oakland, California businessman and future limited partner in the Oakland Raiders, who's a member of the NFL, Wilfred Bill Winkenbach, 
developed a fantasy golf game in which participants would select a roster of professional golfers and compare their scores at the end of a given tournament. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I explained that the lowest score would winning. Mm -hmm. Later on, he also created a baseball game in which players drafted hitters, pitchers, and compared their real-life statistics against each other. Okay. But these early experiments that he created for these fantasy sports failed to spread to the general public mm -hmm. because everything was done by paper. Okay. Two years later, in a New York hotel room during a 1962 Raiders cross-country trip, Winkenbach, along with Raiders Public Relations employee Bill Tunnell and the Oakland Tribune reporter Scotty Sterling, developed the rules that would eventually be the basis of modern fantasy football. Mm -hmm. And the inaugural lead was called the Greater Oakland Professional Pigskin Prognosticators League. The what? Greater Oakland Professional Pigskin prognosticators league prognosticators what is a prognosticator that is a good question question a prognosticator is a person who foretells or prophesizes a future event hmm. okay why didn't they just use like psychic or uh, seer that that's that's so uh you know it's it's obviously fake if you call it that prognosticator sounds real official and like really really authentic you know you yeah. can trust a prognosticator if someone says that they're like a wizard or something they're not going to trust you for nothing well the first fantasy football draft took place in 1963 so that's the olden days olden days How to old? keep track I mean, you're talking 1963. That's uh, old, 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 ancient history. 40. 40? Is that 60? 60, 60, 60, 60 years. years. <laughs> My brain is dying today. No, no. So back then, what they would do is the league commissioner, the person in charge of the league, who for us was Noah, mm -hmm. he would have to gather the newspaper box scores, then mail everybody their scores every week. Mm-hmm facing off against each other. Because what happens in fantasy football is you have your team and you end up facing off against another person in that league every week, just like real teams face off one against one every week. Okay. Okay? So, moving forward, it was always a way of gambling, right? Mm -hmm. And while, of course, there are stakes on the line, local friendly wages are the most talked about in fantasy sports, and usually it's the person who loses. Mm -hmm. And so for the fun of it, I pulled up a bunch of examples of some of the, the pranks mm -hmm. that this realization, one of which is the eyebrows of shame. If you get last in your league, you have to shave off one or both eyebrows. Interesting. Okay. Date night. Whether it would be going on a date with something as funny as a stuffed animal or going on a date with a blow-up doll. I've heard of that one. Okay. Um, requirements to make a music video mm -hmm. and post it on YouTube. Hell yeah. Sports Illustrated Body Issue Calendar. So tasteful nudes. Okay. Forced to do tasteful nudes. They're forced to be naked and take pictures of themselves. Not, that sounds like exploitation. But no, here's okay. here's the thing, because it's a, a gentleman's agreement beforehand. So you agree upon it. You are not forced Just to gentlemen's do it. Or gentle. Gentle gen people. Gentle peoples. Gentle listeners. Gentle, yes. A gentle listener's agreement. A gentle listener's agreement. <laughs> Tattoos are also a pretty popular one. Mm, okay. And usually you're the champion of the league. This is this is the one that I've heard about a lot. Mm -hmm. Is the loser has to get a tattoo of whatever the champion of the league dictates mm -hmm. it to be. Okay. There's usually limitations of the size. Sometimes they have to do a mystery bag. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they have to just do a, a silly picture. Go out and run a lemonade stand in a Boy Scout outfit. Mm -hmm. Wear your least favorite team's colors for the entire season. You know, simple things where it's like shame. 
Yeah. Like okay. embarrassment. That's mm-hmm. the whole the whole idea. For picking the wrong players. Yeah, for just for just not doing super well. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, yeah. And now today, everything's done on the internet. Stats are tracked in real time. You're able to just move around your players. You don't have to have as much knowledge about football to be able to get into it because you have a list of players put in front of you. If you know the positions and can do that and understand how fantasy football works, then... It's very accessible. Okay. And it also increases viewership. People that don't do fantasy sports, mm-hmm. um, their viewership is a certain percentage, right? Mm-hmm. Once they get into fantasy sports, their viewership increases by 3% in football. I think it was like of every game. So it's 5.4% of games they watch, and then it goes up to 8.4% of games they watch. Okay. Roughly. So it's not just a 3% increase. That would be nearly a 60% increase in their previous viewing. Previous viewing, yeah. Three additional percent. Three additional percent. I was about to say, because 3% is not a lot. Right, right. But uh, if they watch 5% of games and then go up to eight, that is a considerable jump. Correct. Okay, gotcha. So now we're going to get into Act 2. And this is actually going to be talking about the preparation for those that want to get into fantasy sports. Okay. And why certain things and knowledge are important before you get into it. Mm -hmm. And this is my fault for not properly preparing you Mm -hmm. before our draft. Okay. Preparation. Act two. What do you think is the most important factor for success in fantasy? Luck. To luck. You can't deny it's luck. But within (laughs) your control. Uh, not getting screwed over by everyone vetoing your picks. No. Going first in the round robin. No. These all seemed like pretty important things when I was there. No. The answer to this is Mm. not necessarily your knowledge on the sport itself, but it's understanding the scoring of your league, Mm. your competition, the players that are available each time you are up, whether they're injured or they've been drafted by somebody else, things along those lines. Okay. Team schedules understand bye weeks when your players aren't going to be able to play. Okay. Like styles of play and then valuation of positions based on the scoring system that you're doing. Okay. So in fantasy football, there are three major scoring types. You have your standard rules. You have your PPR leagues. There's technically a half PPR league, but we're going to skip over that. And then you're going to have one that adds, um, it's really using either standard or PPR and it adds a defensive position to it. It's an extra wrinkle, you could say. Okay. So... Scoring-wise, it's all based on player performance. So in football, you're going to have a balance on your team of one quarterback that plays every week, two running backs that play every week, two receivers that play every week, a tight end, end. end. a defense, a kicker, and then you have a flex position that can either be a running back, a receiver, or a tight end. Tight end. I'm just thinking of the animation. (laughs) So... To understand scoring, your standard scoring mm-hmm. is that quarterbacks earn a point for every 25 yards they pass. Okay. They get six points for every touchdown they pass. Okay. If they decide to run, it's one point for every 10 yards okay. they run. It becomes negative one point for every 10 yards they lose. And rushing touchdowns are worth six points. So That's just same. You said touchdowns were worth six points before? Yeah. They're six passing and six rushing. They're the same. So they're both six. Correct. Running backs receive one point for every 10 yards they run, six points for a touchdown, okay. one point for every 10 yards they receive, mm-hmm. and six points for receiving touchdowns. Wide receivers, same scoring as running backs. Same thing with tight ends. Oh, yeah, anybody who fumbles is negative two points. Okay. And an interception is 
negative two points as well. So if a quarterback throws a pick. Kickers get interesting. If you kick an extra point, it's one point. Missed extra points are negative two points. Okay. Field goal within 17 and 39 yards is three. Okay. Missed is negative two. Okay. Field goal between 40 and 49 yards is four points. If you miss between that, it's negative one. 50-yard-plus field goal is um, five points, and 60-plus is six points. Is there going to be a quiz? Yes. Oh, why? <laughs> I can't remember all that. Now, let me go over. Here's the thing. This is a fun little example. I don't really remember what you just said to me, but I know that in football, a touchdown is six points, Correct. and they can either kick an extra point or run the uh, other thing. Two-point conversion. Two-point conversion, and that's it, and a field goal is three. Correct. And there's something about a safety thing. Safety is two points if you get tackled in your own end zone. Yeah. And that's all I know. Right. And that's it. There's nothing else to it. Why is fantasy so goddamn complicated? It's complicated because you are starting to track individual players and create a valuation of their ability within their own position uh -huh. and to accrue points for more difficult things versus less difficult things. Who could remember that, though? That's why the internet's there. <laughs> But the internet there wasn't there when it began. Correct. You'd have to go back all the time. Well, this, is, this is worse than tennis in the hands on the clock. <laughs> I know this is like an often debated topic of the scoring system in tennis. And I've heard many theories about why it is this way. What is the real reason that it goes love 15, 30, 40 end game? Hands on the clock. But again, I've heard that. Why 40? Why not 45? Why? <laughs> Why not 45? I had read this earlier, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, this isn't going to come up. Of course then, it's <laughs> going to come up. It makes no sense because I've heard the clock thing, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. They didn't have a scoreboard. They were like, oh, but we got a clock. We'll turn it to 0, 15. There's two hands. It's perfect. We can keep track of both of them. Why 40? This is worse than that. It's just stats. You're just going through and being like, okay, so if he ran 60 yards, that's six points, and he scored two touchdowns, that's 12 points. What if he ran points. 55? That's 5.5 points. You you count decimal points? You do now in the advent of the internet. In the olden days, they would do the rounding system where if it's over 0.5, they'd round up. And, and they couldn't just go like, he only got 61 yards. They're not going to round up or down. It'll just be like, you only get, if you, every 10 you accrue. It's not that. It's every 10 you get a point. So if he goes 61 yards, he gets six points. Not 6.1? Now it is. Because the internet does it, and it's a lot easier. I can just hear it now. Some nerds in a room will say, ran 61 points. Oh, oh, my arteries. Oh, he ran 67. They're the same. No. No. We haven't even gotten to the complicated points. Yeah, where's my dog? Give me a hot dog. So all those points I just went over for offense, the uh -huh. difference between that and PPR League is now you add another wrinkle. Why? So all of those points work, but uh -huh. then you get one point for every reception they get. Reception. That means they caught the ball. I knew that. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah, I guess you. That's the difference between standard scoring and PPR. Okay. Our league is a PPR league. Okay. Which is why I picked some of the picks that I did. Okay. Defense is where it gets complicated. Uh-huh. They get two points for a blocked kick. Uh-huh. They get two points for a safety. Uh-huh. One point for a forced fumble. Uh -huh. Fumble recovery, one point. Uh -huh. Interception, two point. Yeah. Sack, one point. Now, a defense uh, starts the beginning of the game. They've already accrued 10 points. What? <laughs> they have 10 points. They get a participation 10 points? The they get participation points? Yes. Let me explain why. Then I picked good going for those defensive teams. 
Yes, because it won't hurt you. It won't hurt me. So what happens with defense, if they allow zero points, it's worth 10 points. So uh-huh. at the beginning of the game, it'll show that they have earned 10 points. Okay. But the instant they allow a point, it drops to eight. If they allow more than seven points, it drops to six. If they allow more than 14 points, it drops to two. If they allow more than 21 points, it drops to one. And if they allow 28 points or more, it's zero points. 35 or more, they go into the negatives at negative two. And 42 plus points, negative four. And that's just based on the amount of points that they allow the other team to score. Uh-huh. Okay. But they still can earn points that counteract that with sacks, interceptions, fumbles, fumble recovery, safety, et cetera. It makes me wonder why did they even bother starting at 10 and going down if they went to negative? Why didn't they just go to like, why didn't they just go to 20 and then go to zero? I don't know. <laughs> I don't make the rules, Mark. I that's don't fair. make the or rules. Or go to zero and just be like, judge it out by the end of the game how many points and then go plus or minus. Well, it's it, fine. Whatever. That's numbers. I'm not going to remember them anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so I explained the two important ones. We're not going to talk about the individual defensive position uh, wrinkle that gets added. Most leagues don't do that until you get really, really deep into fantasy football. So that's the scoring system. So understanding that is key because then you can understand the valuation of your positions because defenses and kickers are not ones that are going to score a lot of points. Okay. Your quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and tight ends are going to be your top scoring positions. Usually in a PPR league, wide receivers are most important along with running backs and a standard scoring running backs are the most important but quarterbacks have been balanced out it used to only be four points every time a quarterback threw a touchdown it has since changed since i last played fantasy football okay to become six i think to create the value of a quarterback being more equivalent to the running back receiver okay so that it's more balanced cool the other part is knowing your competition we didn't know the people we're playing against. We kind of knew their favorite teams. We kind of knew who they were going for. The whole thing of the veto with our house rules and the stuff that we did, we were able to mess with people. Mm-hmm. And being able to mess with people in a draft at the beginning of the Fantasy Sports League is your ability to then cause them to make mistakes on who they pick or miss an opportunity of who would have been a better pick, okay. possibly. interesting. So that's the other one. Player breakdown is obviously you need deeper knowledge for. You need to understand what player is good, what team they're playing on, how the coaches are going to use them. Schedules, knowing the bye week, it's really simple because it literally told you when you drafted them. It said it right there. Mm -hmm. That's the week that their team doesn't play a game. Mm -hmm. So that week they will score zero points. Okay. And then the last thing is trades. You're able to trade players okay, and make an evaluation for that. And usually a commissioner navigates that and tells you, no, you can't trade Saquon Barkley for Bitch Mabumbo. Bitch Mabumbo. <laughs> Is there any player named Bitch Mabumbo? No, it's a callback to our Tom Brady episode. Oh, who's Bitch Mabumbo? It was who you called um, Drew Bledsoe. Drew <laughs> Bledsoe. He plays from Blubbuslumbo, Michigan. No, no, the guy he, the other guy who got injured, Bishmabumbo. Uh, Drew Bledsoe. I was close. <laughs> Bishmabumbo. <laughs> it sounded like you said Bishmabumbo. Maybe that you know you, you you never undermine Bishmabumbo here. But anyway, I've already forgotten his real name. Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe. I'm so sorry. Did I call him Bishmabumbo? Yeah, because you couldn't remember his name. Ah man, that's rude of me. That's rude of me. Hilarious. Anyway. Go listen to that episode, everybody. So this is a super analytical episode, so I apologize. Nerd. Freaking nerd over there with numbers. Here, take this 61, 6.1 points. Oh, yeah, you just let there's so many points. Negative four plus a sack. Carry the two. Nerd. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So on to Act Three. Oh, okay, cool. Draft, play, win. Draft, play, win. What does yes. that mean? Draft, draft, play, win. Draft, play, win. Go on. All right. I didn't find anything. <laughs> <laughs> draft day, which is what we did on Sunday. Uh huh. Usually at the beginning of draft day, you have friendly wagers, uh-huh. which we talked about. There were yes. things that happen if we lose in a certain week. We have Nude the ice picks. bucket challenge. Yeah, nudes. No nudes. Uh, You're gonna that, send me nudes. I. You will send me nudes. When I. I did. You will. You'll know. I don't. Why? You will. Do you want them? It's not about what I want. You will. Anyway, um, (laughs) on draft day, one of the key things is if you prepared, stick to your plan. Know your valuation of players. Mm -hmm. Do all of that. Play mind games with people. Misdirect. Lead them to think that you want a certain player, but you don't want that player. And then draft your team and make sure you have all the positions that you need. Okay. Which I listed your active roster, quarterback, Mm -hmm. two running backs, two receivers, tight end, Mm -hmm. defense, kicker, and flex. Okay. And that's that goes for all fantasy sports. There are certain numbers of positions that you can have. Mm-hmm. And most fantasy football leagues usually have a roster of 15 players, which is what we have. Some do 14, some do 16. It varies per league rules. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing like they had a specific number of golf players you could have in the original golf fantasy sport, a specific number of baseball players you can have, etc. Mm-hmm. So making sure that you're picking enough to be able to fill your entire active roster is a big deal. Okay. And I will say, Mark... You picked some good players. Thank you. You picked a solid defense with the 49ers. Kyler Murray is a very good outlook for a fantasy quarterback. Good for me. Um, You picked ETN, who is the running back for Jacksonville, who is likely to have a promising season this year. You made some good calls. Mm -hmm. Playing the actual game. That's setting your roster every week. Mm-hmm. So moving players around, getting rid of ones that are injured that might be out for the season, dropping them and picking up a free agent, somebody who's available or trading with somebody to get a better player because mm-hmm. they need a certain position. Okay, Paying attention and setting that lineup to make sure that all of your players are playing that week because they can't get points if they don't play. Mm-hmm. Paying attention to their matchups of what defense or offense they're going against. Mm-hmm. And then have fun with it. And the reason fantasy sports is so appealing to people is it connects people in a greater sense. When you have friends all over the world, when you then start watching the football game and you're competing in your fantasy league, you're able to connect with each other because you're like, oh, my player just scored a touchdown or ha ha, your player just fumbled. Like it gives people a reason to come, to mm-hmm. talk. It's another way for people to connect through sports that they otherwise wouldn't unless they were able to be local and go to a game or sit on the same couch. All right. Uh, so all that considered... Do you think that there's any part of this that robs the true meaning of the sport? 
I think there's a level in which it can hurt a fandom, yes. Because instead of rooting for the team you want to root for, you start rooting for players that you necessarily wouldn't root for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the reason I say that, I was going to bring up that exact point. Because even though there's an effect on spectatorship, there's a part of the Wikipedia article on fantasy football. Yeah, There's a a number of NFL players that have displayed mixed reactions on the impact of fantasy football on fans' habits and preferences. In 2006, then-Denver Broncos quarterback Jake Plummer told... ESPN, quote, I think it's ruined the game due to fan allegiance shifting away from teams and towards individual player performance. Then New York Giants running back Tiki Barber said that, quote, in a game solely designed around the team concept, it's nice to have some individual recognition every now and then. Fantasy football does that on the counterpoint. Fans frequently ask players on their fantasy rosters to score more often. Peyton Manning reported that only autograph requests exceeded fans' requests for, quote, more fantasy touchdowns. Uh, Another quote from Peyton Manning said, a conversation he had with a typical fantasy fan set went like this. Hey, great game last week. Yeah, but we lost. But you threw five touchdowns, and that's all I need from you. Another person by the name of Kyler Murray, someone said, at Kyler Murray's Instagram, you fucked me over in fantasy, bro. Yeah. And then in response, said, I could give two shits. Um, yeah. So it, do you think that that, it might be a minority of people that do that, of course. There's always Correct. toxic people, even in the normal fandom. Um, but do you think that this just kind of exacerbates it so that people, instead of attacking, like, being mad at a team, they start attacking people individually? I do, and I think there's there's a certain level of pressure that players then are put under as people, like, talk about them drafting, you know, each other in a fantasy league or uh, people on social media. Mm-hmm. The advent of social media and toxicity of people getting mad at somebody for something that they didn't purposely do because they're going out there to win a game. I will say that it possibly adds to egos of players because the players are like trying to score their fantasy points because they don't want hate from people and so then they're pressuring their teammates to be like give me the ball more Mm -hmm. so there's a certain level of where i think it does impact the game more than people realize especially with now the advent of things like DraftKings and FanDuel and stuff like that where people are wagering tons of money Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that i loved about sports is the Gambling with sport was always mostly illegal, but for some whatever, whatever reason, fantasy sports doesn't fall under sports gambling. It's mm-hmm. ruled that it's not sports gambling, when in reality, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And so I personally, I like it in the sense of just being like, oh, I can just have fun with friends and do that. I don't mm-hmm. take it seriously. It is it is what it is, and it's a great way to interact and engage with people. Like Evan, I helped him draft his league last year, and he did pretty well, and it was just kind of me and him being able to talk football mm-hmm. every week. Cool. And that's that's what I like about it. That's mm-hmm. why I personally don't believe it should be a thing that you put money on, that you have stakes in other than something that's fun between you and friends. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And I think it's one of those things where it's an element of connection, but it also has that negative trait to it. Gotcha. Yeah. There is a study, according by the FSGA, I'm not sure what the FSGA is. Let me check. Fantasy Sport and Gambling Association, Gaming Association, my apologies. Fantasy Sport and Gaming Association did a study. According to the study, 19% of American adults participate in sports betting or gambling. The same percentage of American adults participate in fantasy sports. So there probably is a very, very circular Venn diagram overlap of people mm-hmm. that participate in gambling and do enjoy fantasy sports. Um, just because it does appeal to that. Correct. I bet I'm better than you. I'm a pick better than you. Oh, 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 and all on red, baby, boom. And then, you know, that I get that feeling. And I, I see that. I was, I was doing research on this in the various fantasy football subreddits, mostly just our fantasy football. There are many, many posts of people being like, has fantasy football diminished your? appreciation for football and people go like it's really good when it's good 
and it really fucking sucks when it's bad. It's real good. Like I become overly competitive and a sore loser. So it blew. I when I lose, it bothers me more than it rationally should. That's a, why I stopped doing fantasy. I did fantasy football one year, and I found yeah. myself rooting for players instead of the team I wanted to root for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quote: It makes me pay attention to a lot more teams, but mostly makes me miserable. These are common things that also gamblers say. Yeah. Like when it's good, stakes. it's good. You're invested. You're invested in stakes, and that's good. Like every like there are limits to everything you, you just because you're invested in something doesn't mean you're ga- addicted to gambling or anything like that but it can be a trap for people because they get so heavily invested into it that it does become like a feedback loop and it, it makes them focus less on the game because when you say like it's an excuse to get together and talk about the sport isn't getting together and watching the games every week kind of like the talking about the sport but sometimes it's one of those things that i I mean overseas or different people from different marks and you you could argue that but sometimes you know like we grew up in cincinnati wade and i are obviously Bengals fans Mm -hmm. but i have people who are fans of um like the panthers or tampa bay and being able to talk with them like uh will Mm -hmm. um the producer for some of your major big projects like Mm -hmm. heist yeah He's a he's a big Tampa Bay guy. Mm-hmm. And me and him have had good conversations about player performance and different stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It makes you pay attention to greater details of different things that are happening with different players. Mm-hmm. And to a point, that's a good thing because you're learning the game more. You're understanding why that didn't work or how the plays mm-hmm. element it. But it's all based on how you decide to look at it. Mm-hmm. If you're investing so heavily that if I lose, I'm losing everything, mm-hmm. then you're getting into a problem where you're getting over competitive and addictive. Yeah, that's not good. And, and what I'd say is like, I don't disagree that fantasy football is a good way to get into football. I think that any avenue that gets you interested in something is okay. For example, I am very interested in Warhammer 40K. Mm-hmm. You know how I got into Warhammer 40k. I have no idea. It is not the many incredible YouTube videos that were made about and still made about Warhammer 40k. Great lore breakdowns, all this stuff. I went into it with the nerdiest way possible. I went to the wiki. I read the Warhammer 40k Wikipedia. There are two different versions. There's the Lexiconum and then there's the other one that uh, I don't really remember. It's I think it's a lesser of the two, but I'm not sure. I might get it, be getting that mixed up. And I read every single page. Mm-hmm. I read every single page of that wiki. This is not an exaggeration. This is not a lie. I read read every page because every time there was an article at the bottom, you know, throughout there are hyperlinks that link to other things on the wiki. I just kept clicking and clicking and clicking and clicking and clicking. And I didn't know the first thing about playing the game. Mm-hmm. I like Warhammer 40k, the story in the universe. I do not play the game. I don't care about the game. I don't care about the scoring system of the game. I don't care about the figurines of the game. I don't care about painting figurines. I don't care about the rules. I don't care about any of it. That's a whole facet of Warhammer 40k I couldn't give two shits about. I just like the story and the lore. And I think that uh, if I'm going to take away anything from this, is that like fantasy football, it has its ups and downs. But moreover, it's the same reason why people like sports, right? It's about the connection you're making with people. Yeah. And if you're making a connection, that's good. If you're not making a connection, you make it too much about the game and you get too invested in anything, that's bad. Just like anything in life. If you take it too seriously, you know, you're never going to get anywhere. Also, gambling bad. Don't go. Don't yes, gamble. Don't don't do that. But in, in conclusion, the biggest thing that I want to say is just mm-hmm. play responsibly. Do it for fun, not money. Don't gamble. Mm-hmm. That was literally in my notes, literally right in front yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also want to bring attention to the point of Tiki Barger, Barber. What he said of like it makes being able to get individual acknowledged success from fantasy football. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest things that I realized the first time that I played fantasy football was not that I was necessarily rooting for the players to do well. I was obviously doing that. But I was starting to realize and see the players as individuals Mm -hmm. and recognize them as people. 
more because obviously you see all of the stuff they do on the field and they're athletes. And a lot of people see athletes as these warriors, invincible objects that are there for your entertainment. Mm -hmm. But when I started playing fantasy football, I started looking at their stats and seeing injuries, recognizing how injuries impact them. You look at how their attitude is after a game, whether they feel defeated or are on the rise and excited and energetic. You get to understand more about individual players and what they provide to the team and how much interconnection is required. For a running back to perform, you have to think about the offensive line and who they're playing against or the play calling that's existing. It's the thing to me that fantasy sports somewhat gives you, if you're just a general spectator of a sport, is it gives you a greater understanding because you start having some extra investment to where I want to know how this works and why this player is would score more points than another player. And it gets you to the point to where then you start looking at the greater aspect of like what the front office does and what players they're bringing in, who they're drafting, why they're drafting. It can be used as a gateway, but it can also be used the thing that takes you deeper into the sport and the understanding of all of the different processes that go into building a successful team. Okay. All of that went right over my head. I'm sorry I zoned out. Um, I just kept hearing a loop in my head. Nerd, 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 nerd. No, I'm just kidding. I, I literally am very tired, so I kind of just like zoned yeah. out there. But I do get what you're saying. I do. However, people, you've done a lot of football talk, Tyler. There's a lot of sports out there. I know. What about other fantasy sports? Other fantasy sports? Like yeah. golf or baseball or? Golf, baseball. I mean, we talked about golf. Golf is the simplest form of fantasy sport. Okay. I've never played fantasy baseball. That one is far too complicated for me, and I love baseball and baseball stats. Yeah, fantasy baseball. I've, I, I've Because it's not like you score a touchdown. Batting average is going to be an issue. Like, you want them to score runs. You want them to hit well if they're a batter. And then pitcher is trying to not have them score runs. The way they score it is just, it's not as parallel to the game itself yeah. that it's so confusing. So that one's for nerds. That one is the very big, like, I love stats. I love analytical mm -hmm. stuff of sport. I mm -hmm. mean, baseball in general is a, a stat person's sport. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So. Well, I hope you guys at home learned a lot about fantasy sports. Uh, if you want to give them a try, they're available for most of the have larger sports out there, I imagine. Um, but yeah. It just like gives an appreciation for a deeper look into things. It's a, for huge nerds. It's for absolute like nerdy nerds the top tier jockey nerds yeah the nerdiest jocks you ever did see and everyone knows jocks are nerds and really the only reason i wanted to do this primer mark was i wanted to give you a heads up before we did the draft and to give the audience an opportunity to be able to follow along and somewhat understand what is going on in our fantasy league as the but season unfortunately goes on. we weren't even able to stream on the go my favorite sports team youtube channel but That's we might fix that for the next time uh next year if uh we're doing fantasy football again yeah, and also uh, the St. Jude uh, fundraiser is still up if you want to go check that out. Yeah, we hit 25000 on the day of the stream. It's still up and will be through the entire football season. Yes. So feel free if you want to donate to St. Jude. Uh, if you were going to donate to St. Jude anyway, which is always a good cause, why not pick this one? All of it goes to the same place. Exactly. All right. I guess that ends it for this one. Uh, as far as my judgment, what was I going to judge? I was going to render judgment. You were going to render judgment of something. Favoritism. Favoritism. Something. Favoritism. Yeah. Are you? Uh, yes, you are a football favoritist. I am. You favoritize football. I did one football primer, and then I did the fantasy football. Isn't primer. football your favorite sport? No. What's your favorite sport? It depends on if you're asking watching or playing. Watching. Watching? Yeah. 
honestly, I enjoy baseball a lot if it's in person. Playing? Playing. Water polo. All right. He's not a football favoritist. So everyone on the uh, subreddit. Uh, I also love World Cup soccer. When World Cup soccer is around, that's my favorite. Then why haven't we done a soccer round? Well, we're getting why there because the World it? Cup's in why November. Haven't, why haven't we done it? Why haven't we done it? Hey, listen. It's I got, the most popular sport in the world. You're right. What it about is. fantasy soccer? I don't know if that exists. I'm yeah, sure it does somewhere. Fantasy soccer? Yes, it does because the Premier League. Oh, interesting. Anyway, so that wraps it up for this week. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Uh, if you guys remember, uh, I am Markiplier. Uh, that's Tyler over there. Apocalypto underscore 12 on various websites. We are the number one sports podcast in the world, and or if not now, we will be. And uh, we'll take that to the bank. Woo! Cha-ching! That, that's the bank. Will can put in this. Oh, sorry. I was, you know, bye. <laughs> <laughs> the weakest ending. <laughs>